0: In the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. The readings of Kana override the the normal Sundays of the year, so we'll meditate on a few things together because there's a lot to take from this, but we're not going to do all of them. But the first thing that comes to mind here is how intercession and prayer works, especially in our generation, I sometimes feel like we don't talk to the saints as much as our previous generations um and we'll hear a lot of "I can talk to God directly, even from within the Orthodox Church. It's not an orthodox thought, but it's something that we're saying more and why bother with the saints and While we can definitely ask God directly, we're not prohibited from from doing that. The Lord has set for us a model from both the Old and the New Testament that there's a communion and there's a family aspect to the church. That the church isn't about just me and God. The church is about all of us and God. And that we all have an effect on the whole church. right? My own personal spiritual life affects the whole churches. Your own spiritual life affects the whole church. right? If I, as a priest, for example, don't care about my spiritual life, you'll see it. Right, You'll see it in my conduct, you'll see it in my way of speaking, you'll see it in the way of, of leading. Right, If a parent among you doesn't, it'll be seen in you as a parent, it'll be seen by your kids. If your child doesn't, then the whole world will see. And if the whole level starts to come down, right, then what happens is the whole church is weak. And if all of us are strong, then the whole church is strong. But our Lord wants us to work in community with each other. That's why, for example... When he created Adam, he didn't make himself sufficient, right? He could have. Um, And he could have taught Adam to be satisfied with God alone, and he didn't, right? He said it isn't good for Adam to be alone and made for him Eve as a help worthy of him, not, not as his little assistant, okay? Help meet of him means that worthy of him, his equal. And gave Eve a different set of gifts than he gave Adam, right? That the two are needing one another in order to be complete, which is why our Lord blessed marriage and why He's at this wedding to begin with. But throughout the Old and the New, our Lord made it clear that we need to pray for one another, right? We see in the Old Testament many examples. For example, we see in Job that God only heals Job's friends when Job prays for him, right? When he has, in his intent um, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he listens to Abraham's Prayers for them, in fact, we even see prayers after death in the Old Testament, in that when they found somebody who was dead, they brought the relics of Elisha the prophet, who is already dead, right, but they said, "Bring his relics that his relics might do something, and they did His relics raised the person from the dead, and so we need to understand, and this is why we're commanded in the New Testament to pray for one another, right, because if we didn't believe that prayers did things for each other then there'd be no point for anybody to pray for anybody. And yet, we're commanded in the New Testament to pray for each other. The difference is that we don't believe that somebody who's passed away in the flesh is dead. Right? We believe that they're alive in Christ. And so asking St. Demiana, or asking St. Mary, or asking St. Anthony, asking anyone to pray for us, is the same as asking somebody who is alive to pray for me, because they're not dead. They are alive in Christ. But sometimes we wonder why we should pray for something. And I struggled with this even as a priest. Why, why pray? Okay, because we read in St. Paul's epistle, right, that what you do is what you get, right? If you decide to use your body for sin, then your result is sin, right? And if you choose to use your body for righteousness, then the result is righteousness. It's very simple, right? is that God gave us free will, and because we have free will, we're supposed to see the consequences of our actions, right? How many of you who are, are parents here, or even if you're not a parent, if you have a friend, that if, if your kid or your friend insists on doing wrong, how many times can you fix it for them? And when is it time for them to take responsibility for their actions? If, for example, you decide not to study for your tests, right the parent isn't going to just study for you right the parent can try and and encourage you to study they can try and order you to study they can shove you in your room and lock you in there to study right but at the end of the day if you don't want to study you don't have to study right nobody can make you study and that's fine right as long as you know that the consequence usually unless you're brilliant is you're going to do badly right and that's just how it is Right? Because if I don't do the work, I don't get the consequence. And this is how real life is. This is how our God surrendered us to the world and said, I give you the world, till it, subdue it, take care of it, and whatever you do to it is whatever you do to it. Right? Here's the right way. I'll tell you what the right way is. But it's up to you to do the right way or not. And that's the way that most of life works. Whereas most of us are thinking that God is playing remote control On Every single one of us saying I'm going to open this door and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that And so that's why If you have that mentality you might be surprised to hear Christ say To his his mother Woman which was polite at the time um, It was like saying my lady today um, What is this to you what is this between you and me your request Right this isn't my issue these people didn't plan well Right they have a wedding they're supposed to buy enough they didn't buy enough Why is this an issue for you to come to me about. This isn't the time for this, right? This isn't the time of miracles. Because no he's not playing remote control, right? If you don't plan, you don't plan, right? That these are important things that we're supposed to do. And so this is when we understand that that prayer is actually a very big deal, right? Is that we are praying for grace. We are praying for God to override a natural consequence of our actions. We're asking for God to override something. And sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he doesn't. And these are the things that we don't understand, because God is saying yes or no depending on salvation. That's what we know for sure. right? That's why when St. Anthony asked God, how is it that sometimes old people um, that are evil are alive um, and very good kids pass away? And God gently said to him, Anthony, these are not your matters. Right? Why? Because he's not going to be able to sit down and understand the whole of salvation for everybody and why, in this case, it was a yes and in this case, it was a no. Right? To give an example, let's say you're praying to get a particular job. You're also praying that the 10 other applicants don't get the job. Right? That's what you are indirectly also praying. And so you're saying, I'm your son, I'm your daughter, I'm the Christian, give me the job and not them. Well, and then if God doesn't give it to you, it's like, oh, God didn't hear my prayer. Well, God cares about all 11 applicants. Maybe one of the 11 applicants is actually more qualified than you. Why should you be chosen over them? Or maybe one of the 11 is in such financial distress and needs it more than you because they're, they're, they're suffering. Maybe there's one of the 11 whose entire extended family depends on their income to survive, right? Then will not God have compassion also on that person? Right, is that we're asking God to come in to override something that's supposed to happen in a certain way, and if he does, he's doing it for the salvation of all. But he does listen, right? And that's why we see that our, our, our mother, the virgin, didn't go up to him and say, I'm your mom and I'm telling you what to do, right? She trusted in her relationship with him, in whatever form it was, that she could just present the issue and she trusted his judgment, Which teaches us also when we pray for things that maybe we don't need to be so specific um, about the outcome that we want, right? Maybe we don't have to say, like, you need to give this person this job, right? We don't need to say, you need to do this because you don't understand. He knows it, okay? He already knows more than you what the details of the circumstances are. But instead, we can say, Lord, here's what in our limitations that we see, right? This person is in distress, right? Either comfort them, either give them grace to get through it, or relieve them. Whatever you see as the best for their salvation, do. All I can say is that I see that my brother or my sister is suffering, and that they need you, right? That this changes the nature of our prayers, because if our expectation of prayer is that he must obey us, you'll be very disappointed, right? We will be like all of us. At one point, we're mad at our parents for not doing what they wanted. we wanted them to do. Not understanding why in their wisdom, um, sometimes lack of wisdom, but why in their wisdom they didn't do the things that we wanted. And so we can approach God in prayer and we can approach others to pray for us um, as what happened here. So we can learn from this intercession, we can learn from this also what to ask for in prayer. And the only other thing I want to meditate briefly on is these people who listen to St. Mary. Is that we sometimes... Talk about faith as having to always be genuinely from the heart and with our mind and rationally, which is the best. I don't disagree with that. It is good to have that. But sometimes we forget that we can grow through obedience, right? If we insist on knowing everything before we do something, we will probably never get anywhere, right? Imagine if any of you in your college training like if you're going to be a physician if they just say, yeah, just start, start writing scripts and you'll get it eventually, right? If there's not some kind of training first about the diseases, about the pathophysiology, about the physiology, about the chemistry, then you're just being completely random, right? And you could actually very much harm somebody, right? But there needs to be a discipleship, a training, and that if I follow the system, then I can see the results, right? If I say, until I understand why this food is going to give me a heart attack, I'm going to keep eating it, right, then you might get the heart attack and you still not get it, okay? But if you say, I'll take your word for it that I need to eat healthy, but can you explain health to me, I'll get there, then you can benefit, right, from the health. And we see this in the people who obeyed, because to me, they're very impressive people, because this is the first miracle that our Lord did. So there isn't a history of miracles where they're like, oh, that's the guy who does miracles, so whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do it. There's zero. They have no idea that this is somebody who does miracles. And so something was clearly very compelling both about St. Mary and about our Lord, that she could just look at these people and it's not her house, it's not her wedding, it's not her nephew or her niece or her kid, it's someone they just happen to be invited at and all she has to do is tell them, whatever he tells you to do, just do it, right? That's all she said to him and she walks away from the problem. I wonder what became of those people. Right? I wonder, the Gospels don't tell us who they were, neither does the Senexar tell us if they converted. I have no idea. But I can only imagine what it would be like that they were the ones who really knew how much of a miracle this was. Because they filled the pots with water. right, And they brought it forth, and they presented it to the Master of the Ceremony, right, and found that it had become the best kind of wine. right. So in their trust, and in their obedience... They gained something that others didn't have yet, which was experience, right? They got to experience firsthand the miracles of of our Lord to be converted. And of course, above all, we see in God's commandment that he's revealing himself to the people, for those who meditate on it, as truly God, right? Because nobody has the authority just by speaking to change the elements, right, which shows Christ as creator, we call him, by whom all things are made, that he is He is co-creator with the Father, right, that he has power and authority over all living things. May God grant us to have the humility to ask the intercession of the saints, to have the confidence in prayer, the desire for his will, and the obedience to experience him, to him be the glory forever and ever now and always at the age of all ages of life.